You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 181. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, who I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who's helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months and then on to six and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Three steps to using your fear to fuel you instead of holding you back. How many of you right now listening have fear, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of what 2022 holds, fear of what Christmas will turn out. Because listen, Christmas isn't always all, 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 is it? Fear. It can feel you if you choose to let it feel you. But more often than not, fear starts to consume you. It starts to eat away at you. It starts to impact your decisions starts to impact how you show up, starts to impact how you make money and ask for money. Fear can impact you, again, if you choose to let it. Or in today's episode, we're going to share with you, with my guest, Megan, three steps to using your fear to fuel you instead of holding you back. We're going to chat today on the podcast about where does fear come from? We're going to talk about some of the top fears that Megan has personally seen during her years of being a mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. And Megan's also going to share this really simple, but what I found magical and powerful three steps that will help you use your fear instead of allowing it to hold you back. It's a great, great episode. And again, a beautiful, beautiful episode for ending 2021 on a high and starting to address those fears that you can Get ready to make an impact. Get ready to step into the 2.0 version of you and make 2022 your best year ever. Now, speaking of 2022, before we hop onto this awesome episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my mastermind, my Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Doors are now open for my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level whatever that looks like for you. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get the clarity you need, to provide you with genuine information that's going to get you the biggest return on investment, help you with feedback, get you different perspectives on your skills and talents, introduce you to new clients to get legs up and other opportunities, access amazing community of other women in business in your similar position and order, and they'll be there to lift you up, cheer you on. During the 12 months as being part of my Action Takers Mastermind, you're going to get strategy sessions one-on-one with me. You're going to have emergency calls when you get into those sticky situations. You have monthly um, hot seat calls where you get to come in and we brain. You get to pick my brain on your particular business. We've got co-working sessions. We've got monthly mindset live calls. We've got monthly guest experts. You also get 12 months access to my private Facebook community. You get access to two one-day live events. It is absolutely magical what can happen in 12 months with my Action Takers Mastermind. If this is starting to sound 
like something you need in your life, in your business to help you make 2022 your best year ever, I encourage you to head to AngelaHenderson.com.au to check out the 12-month Action Takers Mastermind. Simply head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on the service page, click on the mastermind. There'll be a bright pink bucket button for you to be able to book a one-on-one call with me, and we will chat to make sure that the mastermind is the right program for you. Now, let's get into this awesome episode. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you here today talking about the three steps to using your fear to feel you instead of holding you back, which is something that isn't uncommon, especially this time of year. Fear starts to get in. People are fatigued. Uh, You've got COVID and everything combated from the last couple of years. You've got Christmas and not Christmas isn't necessarily fa-la-la-la-la for everyone. It can actually be a very stressful time of year for many people. So I'm so excited to be able to have you on today again to talk about those three steps to using your fear to feel you instead of holding you back. But before we get started on the podcast today, I always like to ask my guests a fun question so they get the chance to know you a little bit more. So my question to you is, have you always loved the water. I know that you live in Florida. I see many beach photos over on Instagram of you in the sunshine, dipping your toes in the water, or has it just been a recent thing, your love of water? Oh my gosh. I love that question because I have always been needing the water. It's like my go-to. So I, I mean, I moved from New York all the way to Florida for the main reason of, I want to be as close to the water as possible. Um, I even, you know, my apartment that I live in, I made sure that I had a lake view because for some reason, the water just makes me feel better. It's like my free, my free therapy, if you will. I need to be by the water, even if it's just going to the beach in the morning or going for a walk on the beach or just going to the lake, anything possible. I can get as close to the water as, as I can, because it just, it's like my, it's my go-to. I need to have it. There is something magical about just the essence, you know, like there just is, right? When you go into the ocean, it is like this cleansing scenario. And even if you're only in there for five to 10 minutes, how it can rejuvenate you, spark you, almost like set your body temperature in many ways, which I don't know if that is fact or fiction, but you get what I'm saying there is. And even if you're not, like you said, if you if it's cold or it's a gloomy day, you can still go by the lake. You can still go for a walk. You don't have to be immerging yourself in water per se, but it is something that there's something refreshing about it. Something that I think more of us need. And yet we're too busy to go to the beach, go to the lake, et cetera. And that And there's something to be said about connecting with nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always encourage everybody, even if you think you don't have time, you can find the time to do something outside. You know, even if it's on your break, you go outside and take a quick walk outside, fresh air. Obviously, you can get closer to the water. That's a plus. But (laughs) anything outside in nature, anything outside in the fresh air, it just kind of resets your mind. It resets your body. And it just, just like, just that breath of fresh air, you're like ready to go. And I know it sounds so silly and so small, but it makes such a big, big difference. I know for me, because I'm literally sitting for eight hours a day, typically four in the morning, I have a lunch break every day that's scheduled all the time. And then kind of two to three to four some days in the afternoon. And my lunch break is that there's oftentimes I'll just take grateful our British bulldog for a walk, or there's times I'll just eat my lunch in the sunshine. There's something about, like you said, that reset, something simple, but yet because we're always going, not something that we all often do enough. So no, so I can't, I can't agree with you more. Now for those listeners that are listening right now, they may have not uh, heard of you before, Megan, or what you get up to in your day-to-day or what your your story is in the entrepreneur journey. journey. So can you just share with us a little bit about where did you start in your small business journey uh, and what are you up to now? 
Yeah. So gosh, how do I, how, where do I start? So I, um, my name is Megan, obviously I'm a mindset and business coach for brand new or aspiring entrepreneurs, what I like to call the wantrepreneurs. Um, and I, I wasn't always doing this. Um, originally I kind of followed society's path on what you should do, right? Go to college, graduate with a degree, <laughs> get your degree, get a job that you know is aligned with that degree, work your way up the corporate ladder. Um, and so I did exactly that. And you know, I did really well at it. I worked my way up the corporate ladder, promotion, promotion, raise, blah, blah, blah. And everything on paper looked like, wow, she must be like living her best life, but it did not feel that way. And I always knew that my gut feeling was there's, you know, there's gotta be more than this. You know, there's gotta be more than just waking up, rolling out of bed and feeling burnt out every single day just to get a paycheck. So I, I mean, I had gotten bit by the entrepreneur bug when I was young, like 12, 13, like I wanted to start my own cupcake shop. I want to start my own bakery. I wanted to, I just wanted to start all the businesses. Um, but I never obviously did it. Um, and I just did what I thought I was supposed to do, you know, do what you should do. Until one day it finally hit me, you know, I, I have, you know, if I could think any, if I could think COVID for anything, it would be, that was the push that I finally needed of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting into that reflection mode of what do you actually want to do? What are you good at? You know, and I knew that it meant, well, for me, it meant I, I want to help people. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm here to do. And so obviously you can't just wake up and be like, okay, today I'm going to help people and I'm going to get paid to do it. So I was like, okay, well, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? And how can I combine forces to make this like a sustainable long-term business? And so um, like a psycho, I quit my job in the middle of a pandemic and decided to go full-time with my business. And now I'm here. But interesting, we're talking about fear, right? Because you too would have been feeling all the feels going, Megan, in your head, what am I doing? We're in the middle of a pandemic. I know this can work, right? Like, again, I do believe there's that like intuition inside of us deep down knowing, okay, like if you, it it will all work out. I'm a believer that the, again, divine timing, something that I didn't really embrace up until the last kind of 18 to 24 months is that the universe is giving you everything that you need if you choose to look at it. But often we're trying to manipulate what the, what, what we want in the world and we're trying to navigate and you know piece things together when if we just let things kind of be yes you still have to take action 100 i'm not saying you just go manifest i'm gonna have a lambo and it's in your car that's bullshit but what i'm saying is is there's something in you that you push past the fear and you were able to quit and now you are where you are right in this entrepreneur journey which again we'll get into more about the fear my No, maybe we'll jump in right now. I guess let's start at the basics because I think it's important for anyone when they're listening to my podcast, we kind of have like some foundational elements in place. So let's go back to fear. Where does fear come from? I mean, are we born with it? Do we learn it? Is it environmental? Is it a combination of things? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, fun fact, humans are actually only born with two fears, loud noises and falling. That's Mm -hmm. it. So when we're born, we're only, we only are fearing those two things, which means every other fear up to this point is learned. So, you know, if they are learned, that means that they can be either unlearned or adapted to, but like you said, fear is so common and not everybody talks about their fears, but when people tell me that they want to start a business or they want to reach a certain goal, or they want to quit their job, or they want to do X, Y, and Z, I always ask, okay, well, why haven't you done it yet? And every single answer I've ever gotten, I kid you not, it includes some sort of fear. Everybody's mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. And 
have you noticed in your space of working in the mindset specific, again, I know you work largely with women too. Like, are there top five fears that you've seen throughout your time? Top six fears, top seven fears. I mean, there doesn't have to be a specific number, but what are some of those common fears that you're hearing? Yeah, um, I would say collectively, in my experience, the ones that I see pop up the most frequently is obviously fear of failure. That's a big one. But mm-hmm. what I've also um, been curious that I've heard a lot lately is fear of success. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one is fear of people's reactions. You know, what is my family going to say? What are my friends going to think? What's my partner going to think? What are they going to say? Um, that ties right in with like fear of judgment of people. You know, what are people going to say about me? What are people going to think about me? Um, you know, obviously the fear of losing the security um, I mean, especially when you're leaving a full-time job with salary and benefits and paychecks and 401k and all that, blah, 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 you know, we're, we fear losing all that security. And then what happens? And um, I would say another one, a big one too, that I struggled with the most was fear of the unknown. You know, I don't like not knowing exactly what's going to happen. I'm a very, I call myself a spontaneous scheduler because I are, I love to have a plan. I'm a big planner but I also like some spontaneity, but if I don't know what the next like five years of my life look like, that's <laughs> kind of silly. And to go back to what you were saying when I was in those, those moments of, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're leaving your job. That's scary. Those fears were flooding in flooding, 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 everything, every single fear you can think of. They were at like a high, but I, I kid you not, if I had not done the mindset work prior to doing my business, starting my business, I would have quit by now. Like I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. I would have been back in the corporate world. I would have quit by now because those fears are so debilitating that they would have completely taken over. It's interesting that you say that because I'm a firm believer that mindset impacts everything. You know, I often say my trifactor as a business consultant is, is I'm exceptionally good at strategy, sales and marketing and accountability. And when you infuse those together, I help women to become profitable, make more money. I didn't mention mindset in there because my zone of genius isn't mindset, but that's why I've got a mindset coach. That's why I've got a spiritual um, intuitive healer as one of the mentors that my people can access because it is a direct correlation with success, in my opinion. And of the thousands of women that I've helped over time, those women who have a strong mindset are more likely to succeed than those women who have a wobbly mindset. So it doesn't um, surprise me when you say that your mindset played a huge role um, in ensuring and allowing you to continue to be where you are despite those fears being in place. And we'll talk more about mindset a little bit later on and, and what kind of women might need to be looking for, because a lot of people might think that their mindset is strong. Actually, no, we might just dive into that. Since we're not much. A lot of people, women might think that their mindset is strong but it's so not strong. So what are some of the things that you noticed, and in your opinion, that are the ingredients to a strong mindset? The main ingredient is shifting out of that employee mindset into the entrepreneur mindset, because they are night and day. I mean, you know, you know, just as well, mm-hmm. having an employee mindset is what we're brought up around, right? That mm-hmm. we've learned everything that we've learned, our work ethic, our knowledge, everything up to this point was through the scope of an employee mindset. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but if you're really wanting to get to that next level, if you're really wanting to make that shift, you've got to start adopting that entrepreneur mindset, right? That's what's going to set you apart. And even if you are an employee and you are working in the corporate world, that doesn't mean to say that you can't adopt an entrepreneur mindset 
too, because mm-hmm. that again, will set you apart from everybody else that you're working with. It's about understanding that like, you don't have to live and work in a box. You can mm-hmm. start you know, pulling your way out of that box and you can start controlling your mind instead of letting it control you. And I think that's the other, like, if I were to narrow it down to two ingredients, it's first shifting out the employee mindset and two, stop letting your mind control you. Because I mean, I, the reason I, I was so passionate about getting into mindset work is because after I learned everything that I learned about mindset, I was like, what the hell? This is an absolute crime that nobody is teaching us this stuff. Why did nobody tell me up to this point that I can control my thoughts? I can control my mind at any given point. Like, why is that not taught in school? Why is nobody telling us this? Mm-hmm. Like, I've started screaming this from the rooftops now because now that I know what I know, like, holy crap, like not to sound dramatic, but it changes your life and it changes your perspective and it makes, no, it doesn't make everything better. No, it's not the fix to everything, but it does make the bad stuff and it does make the hard stuff that much better and that much easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, and listen, I, and I talk often about it. I've lost five significant people in my life over the last three years, you know, my grandmother, my brother, et cetera. I talk about it often. And the thing is, is there's no doubt in my own mind that if I wouldn't have worked on my mindset over way before any of these deaths happened, that I probably would have been a crumbling mess. You know, it doesn't mean that I didn't grieve. It doesn't mean that I wasn't sad. It doesn't mean that I still don't grieve. Right. But I was still able to move on. I was still able to carry on. I was still able to show up. I was still able to be present. I would still be able to be those things because I'd done the work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see it often. I mean, everyone grieves differently. So let's make that very clear. But I do see it often when significant things happen. And grief doesn't just have to be the loss of someone, it could be the loss of not having a good launch. Right. It could be the loss of who you are and, and what that looks like and where it's becoming. Like wherever there is grief, there is loss, but it isn't just the loss of humans. And when I see people going through different types of loss, again, that's a direct correlation with that mindset. Now, one step further, though, one of my things that I look at mindset for me is, is really understanding the importance of the internal work that has to be done. And I often say, in quote, your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. And would you do you think that? The more your internal world is messy, there's that correlation that more than likely that fear will continue to show up. Like there'll be more mounds of it just because everything else is so messy, cluttered um, and chaotic. hundred percent. I mean, a cluttered, a cluttered space, a cluttered life is a cluttered mind. They all correlate together. Even as simple as if you have a cluttered, messy desk, you're going to have a cluttered, messy mind. You're going to have a cluttered, messy day. They again, these are all like small things, but they all come together and they all are super correlated. And if you have a messy mind, you have a cluttered mind, you're not able to combat that fear as if you would, if you had a clear mind and if you were able to, you know, take more on. So it it all goes together. Now I'm a firm believer, as we've just talked about again, how it all goes together, but I'm also a believer that fear is not going anywhere. We will still experience fear on any given day. So if fear isn't going anywhere, what should women be exploring or getting curious to understand their fear a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Fear is never going to go anywhere. I mean, fear is a healthy, you know, a healthy trait. It's, it's fear of something potentially bad happening is something that makes us human. It's a healthy emotion. It keeps us safe. It stops us from doing stupid things like jumping out of a moving car or something like that. Um, but what women should start being curious about is that fear can, yes, protect us, but it can also hold us back from getting what we want. Mm-hmm. It can be incredibly limiting. Um, and sometimes personally downright debilitating. So 
the goal at the end of the day is not to run away from these fears and not to run away from these thoughts and these obstacles. It's about learning to use them to our advantage. And, mm-hmm. and how can we, how can we, you know, like, I, like, I, like we said in the beginning, use it to fuel me to keep moving forward instead mm-hmm. of making excuses to stay stuck because of it. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the excuses component. I'm a big believer that at the end of the day, we all have choice. We all have choice about everything that goes on in our world. What, you know, what we choose for breakfast, what we don't, if we choose to move, if we don't, if we choose to launch, if we choose not to. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility. So regardless, again, if fear is here or not, fear can be our best friend, but again, it can be our enemy. Again, we have choice on what we do with that. And so my thoughts are, I know you have these three steps that you talk about, and I know that you help, you've helped numerous people around the world to be able to to really start looking at their fear and to start shifting some of that fear. So I would love for you to to walk us through what are these three steps that women can start doing so that they, um, you know, are putting their fear aside and really kind of going into that 2.0 version of them stepping up a little bit more. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before you even decide to start taking these steps to start taking advantage of your fear, I really encourage you to, to make a choice before you even start, you know, trying these things out, you know, make a choice. If either I'm going to keep making excuses and I'm going to keep procrastinating, taking steps towards actually, you know, reaching my goals. And I'm just going to keep standing in my own way, um, before I get what I actually want, or you can stop letting your fear justify your excuses. And in my opinion, if you pick number one, that means that you're being selfish, you're focused on yourself because, you're letting yourself and your fears get in the way of, you know, this potential business and all of those people that you could potentially be helping and impacting and changing. So first, before you even start step one, two or three, you need to consciously make that choice and you need to, you know, really think about it. Like, am, do I really want to keep being selfish or do I really want to step into this, this new version? Um, So the first step that I always, always, always love to do is become like best friends with the worst case scenario. And then, you know, obviously become friends with the best case scenario too, because why not? Um, But it's really um, important to see that the worst case that you're making up in your head is actually not so bad and kind of shedding some light on that. So some questions that you can ask yourself or use these as journal prompts. I'm a big journaler. Um, some things that you can start thinking of, like, what do I actually want and why do I want it? Um, and if I have it, what will having it do for me? Okay. Well, what scares me about it and what are my fears surrounding it? Um, where do I think those fears are coming from? And what would happen if these fears actually happened? So once you go through those questions, it'll probably take a while because, you know, it's a deep dive on what you actually want. Um, (laughs) but then start asking yourself, okay, what is the worst possible outcome. What could possibly happen, right? You know, I'll have to go back to the corporate world or I'll lose friends or I won't make money, you know, and, and start thinking about those things that you're fearing and start talking about them to yourself and start like, again, shedding light on them and then think, okay, if this, if this outcome somehow did happen, could I do something about it? Is there something I could do to kind of repair what was went wrong and get things back in a positive direction Um, and you'll find that, you know, most times, unless you're, unless your outcome is I'm going to end up homeless and lose all my friends and I'm going to lose my teeth and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have old garbage for for breakfast, lunch, dinner, unless it's that, you know, that's, that's a whole other story, but you'll find that most things 
you can totally handle and you can totally get back in, in the right direction. And it makes those worst case scenarios not seem as scary. Um, and then that's when we're going to start becoming like BFS with the best case scenario, because you're going to write down every single good thing, every positive thing that could happen. If you say goodbye fear and you actually complete your, complete your goal and you do start that business and you do do that X, Y, and Z, you know, then you're going to see that the outcomes of never actually trying in the first place are way worse, right? You'll realize you can get through the worst case scenario and all of those positive things that can happen if you do complete your goal are way more worth going for it. It's interesting because I think, again, by default in nature, we're always, you know, look at the worst, look at the worst, look at the worst. But when given the chance and when given the opportunity to actually sit right and do an exercise like this, you actually could get to see hope, you get to see and or feel excitement, right? Because there are so many, I would suspect that the lists would of good would far outweigh the lists of bad, right? And it starts to help in to like shift that perspective. Would you agree? Yeah, it's a, it opens up a brand new perspective because when have you ever asked yourself these questions? We just automatically assume the worst case scenario. And then that's when the fear starts flooding in. We're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that could actually happen. Mm-hmm. But the reality is 99% of our imagined fears in our head never actually come true. They're just mm-hmm. keeping us from moving forward and they're keeping us from getting to that list of all the positive and all the good things. I know when I was going through some big changes, this is something similar that I do also is that again, writing down those lists and, and just going like, and, but ultimately the, the question I always ask myself is what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, even if I run ads and things aren't working, what's the worst case scenario, right? If I do this, what's the worst case scenario? And really it's, it would suck some of those scenarios. I guess you might lose some money or this, but it's like, okay, but is it still manageable? Will I be okay? Will my primary needs still be taken care of? Food, shelter, et cetera. Okay, yes. Well, then and then typically it's kind of that followed by my gut intuitiveness going, okay, yeah, this feels good. It's in alignment. That's rock and roll, you know. So I do love, I love a good list on any given day. So is that, that I just want to clarify that step one, correct? Well, step one before that is just like going, yes, you know, I'm going to take an opportunity. I'm going to be willing to look at this, et cetera. Step, but the actual step one is starting to become familiar with those fears, the pros and the cons, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, so that's yeah. what you're going to do first. And then mm-hmm. the next one, um, you know, it's all about feeling now that you have felt the fear mm-hmm. and you've become, you know, very familiar with it. Now it's about actually like doing what you're fearing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of my favorite exercises because it works so well. People think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you it works. So you, you're going to make, uh, we'll call it a fear sentence, max mm-hmm. of like 20, 25 words that in a sentence explains these like absolute strongest, most dramatic version you can create of one of your typical fears that you feel on a daily basis. And obviously the first two words will be what if, because all of our fears always start with what if, <laughs> yep. what if this, what if that, what if that? So you're going to just think about this terrible thing that you fear and also the long-term, you know, long-term effects of if it happened and you're going to be as dramatic as possible. So kind of like my my other my dramatic example earlier. What if I start this business and I leave my carpet job and I fail and I lose all my money and friends? I go crazy. I end up on the side of the road. I live a long miserable life. Nobody remembers me. I my hair smells. I am I ran out of dry shampoo. I'm abandoned on the street. And I'm alone. Mm-hmm. So you see, we're like absolutely dramatic. Yeah. 
But then, but that's like the worst, worst thing of your typical fear. Then you're literally going to write this sentence down and you're going to say it to yourself out loud mm-hmm. multiple times. And then I'm going to like full disclosure, this is not going to be a fun experience. It's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's probably going to bring on some like even more fear in the moment, but it is so worth that like temporary discomfort because fear loses power with repetition. The Mm -hmm. more you can talk about your fear and the more you can feel your fear, the more it loses its power over you. So that in itself is going to be a crucial step to moving forward and just being okay with going for it because you've already told yourself that you can. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm sitting there and I've written out my statement and then walk me through it again, I'm saying, how am I, how am I transitioning? So I'm going like, I've written it out. I'm like, you know, what if. I don't know. I go bankrupt and I do this and I do that and I do this. And then what, sorry, what was that sentence? That's your, you're going to be as dramatic as possible. And then you're going to say it out loud to yourself, whether it's in a mirror or if you're sitting or you're standing in front of a mirror, you're going to say that fear sentence out loud, like multiple times. Okay. You're going to say, if this happens, what if, what if, what if, and you're going to start realizing that like, wait, this is absolutely bonkers. Why? (laughs) Okay. Good. Now I get it. Yeah. 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 Why am I fearing that this is going to happen when in reality, it's really probably not like I would never allow this to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And listen, you know, a lot of people like you're saying have that fear of not having money, fear of not having, you know, being able to put food on the table. But I'm a firm believer of abundance. And I'm also a firm believer that there is always a job. You, you know, I remember I finished my university degree, undergrad, master's degree. I was working in a nine to five. I may have just started Finley and me my first business or not, but my dad got unwell and, you know, cash flow was tight. And I remember I went and still, despite my degrees, despite my success uh, that was starting to unravel with the first business, I still went and got a part-time job on the weekend to make sure that I could send him some additional money, right? Like it was literally, again, pouring beers at the race course. It was so, what's the word, um, humiliating in many ways because it was like, here are these people that like look down at you and they're like, oh, look at me. I'm having a day out at the races or whatever. But I was like, Angela, just focus, right? You're here for a purpose. Don't worry about what they're feeling, you know what I mean, et cetera. My fear there was if I go and get this job, if I run into someone, what would happen, right? Because I was like that judgment. Why, why would, what would they think? So I don't like to talk about my family stuff a lot, but that was the reason, but my thing there is, is that there's always a way to make money. Again, yes. you can clean toilets. You can work at McDonald's. I know when COVID came, people said, and you're going to, you know, all these people, you know, all the business that businesses around the world are going to close. I was like, ah, I don't think the world works like that. And so, but they were projecting their own fears onto me. And I was like, everything will be fine. I said, worst case scenario, I work at McDonald's. Worst case scenario, I go and stock shelves at the supermarket. Yeah. And they're like, you would do that? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to let my family starve so I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that they get those that money right so I can not that I did the same exercise but I can only imagine that once you start saying this over and over and over again it would almost become laughable because you're like okay this okay this actually isn't going to happen and I would make sure it doesn't happen so love the exercise and these are things too that again women out there listening might go oh yeah I'll do that tomorrow oh I'll add this to my list to do again and this is the thing 
They keep pushing their mindset to the side, pushing their mindset to the side. Fear will only continue to come in. Fear will only continue to come in. Then they'll wonder why they're not making more money, right? Like they, it's often I see this almost like sabotage cycle that happens. And I say women, men do it too, but because I work predominantly with women. And so it's like, you can do these exercises or not. But I'm telling you, if you're if you're willing to listen to what Megan is saying and you take the time to start uncovering a few things, then what will happen is the ability for you to start having a different perspective and to start making change. Right. So, again, a choice. Choose to do it. Choose not to. But I always say, don't don't go in and whinge about it. Really? No, no one needs to hear that. So that's we've got step one. We've got step two. And then what's step three? Well, step three is actually tying in perfectly with exactly what you just said, um, which was a great segue. You didn't even know that you you didn't even know. (laughs) Well, because you were talking about, you know, you can always make money. And if even if like I have a setback, I can still bounce back. And the reason that you think that way is because you have an entrepreneur mindset. You have a growth mindset and you worked your way to get there. You know, part of it is being creative in in how we can make money, because if, you know, crap hits the fan and all of a sudden we need to make money, you don't get down on yourself and you don't go, you know, you don't get in a slump An entrepreneur mindset is like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to problem solve? How are we going to get creative here? And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're explaining. And so number three is work on your growth mindset, work on your entrepreneurial mindset, like yesterday, like starting yesterday, because when we are fearful and when we are afraid, we stay stuck in one place and we stay mm-hmm. stuck. And that's what I see happen with so many people they get past like the idea phase and they get past the okay i'm going to do it and then boom they get stuck and they get right back to where they started because we're so consumed with all of these potential mistakes and all of these potential failures that we just start to subconsciously believe that you know we just aren't capable of it because the fear keeps holding you back and pushing you back and you are assuming that that's because of your capabilities that you're not getting to the next level but it's because of your fear. So Mm -hmm. in these moments, that's when it's a crucial time to adopt that different type of mindset. And it's not about being perfect every step of the way. It's not about that instant gratification, right? There's, there's no such thing anymore. Any idea of instant gratification, throw out the window. It's not going to happen overnight because no one's perfect all the time. So stop thinking that that's what you need to work towards. It's not, that's not what it is. It's about getting comfy with the uncomfy and getting comfy with what you don't know and moving forward anyways, right? That's the foundation of the, this new mindset that you're going to start using your f- fear to fuel you forward is because you need to accept that you will fail. Everybody does. If you yeah. accept that failure is actually an inevitable part of you succeeding and you getting to that next level, whatever that means for you, you'll become way less afraid of failure. Like sometimes I get excited about failing because it teaches me invaluable lessons that I never would have known. And it helps me make better future decisions for myself and for my relationships and for my business. I mean, but the problem is society doesn't talk about failure, right? They, mm-hmm. they focus on glamorizing entrepreneurship and glamorizing these huge successes, which of course, like, yes, let's celebrate. But that's why we think that in order to be successful, we should never fail because everybody talking about success, they've never failed. But that's not it. They have failed. They're just not talking about it. So- Everybody that like you're looking up to right now, everybody that you're aspiring to be, they have failed. They have gone through really bad days and they have gotten through it. But it's again, it's how you respond to the fear that sets you apart from from the rest of the crowd. So speaking of the external world, I mean, surround yourself with people who also have this type of mindset, those who start to um, raise your standards and hold you accountable and support you getting to that next level. 
because ultimately you do, you do become the people that you surround yourself with. And just like you said earlier, you know, we, we say that we're going to do something like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm going to work on this. And then we don't. But I mean, the reality is if you keep responding in the same way that you always have, you can expect the same results and you can expect to stay exactly where you are, because if you're not doing anything different, even if it's a small little shift or a small little change, if you keep doing the same things, you're going to get the same results. And to keep it simply, that's all, like that's what you need to focus on. What I like here is you brought up the essence of failure, right? Because listen, failure, like you said, is inevitable. Every day yeah. we are failing, right? Yeah. But are you choosing to fail forward? Or are you choosing to fail behind, right? Again, that choice. And I think failure, There, I agree. I don't look at failure or mistakes as bad things. I look at these as the lessons that, again, the world, the universe, whatever you want to believe, God, whatever you choose to, again, believe in is presenting to you. And then you get to run with whatever, again, it is uh, mistakes. And that quote unquote failure to me is data. There's so much data that comes from it. And it's the one thing that we cannot manipulate, right? Numbers, you can't manipulate. And when you look at true data, you might think you can manipulate, but if you're, you're just not being truthful to yourself, like really, it, it tells you what to do more of, what to do less of. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells you uh, what's working, what isn't, right? It, it, you know, failure and mistakes leave us with clues. And when you stop to assess those clues, make choice to do something with those clues, look for opportunity and to continue, of course, your world, both in life and business, are going to be so much better. But people, again, can get into that mindset of, oh, this is just bad. Look at me, I failed. Look at me, I failed, versus looking at failure as opportunity. So when people get into those moments when they're like, ah, either making an excuse, for example, or thinking that, again, the world is bad, is there one thing that they could do uh, and or reframe that would put them back on the trajectory of hopefully shaping their mindset uh, better than what it was before? Yeah, I mean, just remind yourself that every time you have over, every time you overthink that you've done that in the past, it hasn't gotten you anywhere right? We Mm -hmm. overthink like a bajillion different things and then we never do anything about it. So if you're in that moment when you're like, oh, I really messed up. Don't think like, yes, I want you to think about your quote unquote failure, you know, for lack of a better word, because it isn't truly a failure. I wish there was a better word for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But think about it and get curious. Don't let it like get you down. Just get curious of what caused that to happen. You know, what did I do that worked? What can I keep doing? What should I probably stop doing? And what can I start doing, right? What can I start and what can I stop and what can I continue? And that's going to be like the framework to get to your next success. I mean, you have to look at every stepping stone. You know, if you were at, you know, if you're looking at a staircase and the top of the staircase is your end goal, you can't just, I mean, unless you have some athletic ability that I'm not aware of, you cannot just jump to the very top of the staircase. That's just impossible. So you have to look at the step in front of you and then you have to get to the next step. So say on step, you get to step four, um, say that the end goal is building your business. You get to step four, building your business and you, you quote unquote fail. Okay. You don't need to get back to the bottom. You don't have to like run back to the bottom of the staircase. You can keep where you are at. You know, you might have to spend a little bit more time on stair four, but get curious and mm-hmm. learn about what you need to do to get to step five, not what you need to do to get to the top of the staircase. You're using your fear to fuel you. You're using your failure as a learning lesson, and that's going to catapult you. 
That's yeah. going to get, instead of going all the way back down to, to the floor and starting at one, two, three, four, again, you're still at four and you're just moving forward. So like you said, you're using your failure forward. And I, I use a staircase because that's the best way I can visualize it, but totally. that, that's the best advice I would, I would give. Oh my goodness. So many little nuggets here. And this is the thing is, you know, don't get me wrong. The mindset work to me is always ongoing. It never stops every kind of financial success you have, every loss you have. There's always the internal work doesn't stop. Right. Mm -hmm. But often people will never start it. Right. And so what I say here is just start with what Megan's talked about today. Start getting pen and paper. Start actually Again, if you think about the essence of pen and paper and the power of journaling and the and what journaling can start to uncover, it's what she's talked about today is a magical, again, opportunity if you choose to start looking at the internal messiness, at, at your willingness, especially no greater time. We're mid-December. We're about to head into 2022. And, you know, it's no... Um, uh, what would I say? It's no coincidence that Megan's uh, this particular episode and Megan was brought on today was around feeling the fear because and around that mindset component, because as we end 2021 and head into 2022. And I've talked about this on other podcasts, you're going to go buy your planners, you're going to you know, come up with your New Year's resolutions and sort of break it to you. But I would say eight out of every 10 people listening to this podcast will probably fail. Mm hmm. And they're probably not going to like that. I've just said that yeah. But the reality of this is this buying a new planner is not going to make you successful next year. Buying uh, or putting your new year's resolutions out isn't. And I know when I did my strategy sessions last month, it's one of the, the first thing I talk about when, before we even enter the strategy, I would talk about seven major mindset blocks and I won't go into all those today, but if you don't tackle those mindset blocks, it doesn't matter what type of strategy I give you because it's just setting yourself up for failure. So again, you might think, oh, Angie, being a bit dramatic, but the reality of it is it is the truth. And so take the time to sit down and do this, right? You might think funnels are more important. You might think the business strategy is more important, but I'm telling you that exercises and the steps that Megan has given you today are going to be more important than probably 99% of the podcast episodes you've listened to date because as self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, fear of success are all going to keep coming back up. So either do the work or don't, but when you get to the middle of June next year and you wonder why you're not where you are, come back and listen to this podcast again, because I'm here to tell you it's the internal work that will shift you the greatest. Yeah. So Megan, thank you so much for coming on today. For those listeners that are like, I need a little bit more of Megan in my life. Is Do you have anything upcoming? Where can they find you on social media? What's the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah, I was, I mean, I love, love, love chatting with everybody over on my Instagram page. It's at Meg Waddell. Um, I'm, I'm over there all the time. My DMs are always open. Um, you can obviously always shoot me an email, Megan at mindsetinthemaking.co or learn a little bit more about me on my website, which is www.mindsetinthemaking.co. Um, but I would say definitely hop over to my Instagram. I love to have conversations there. I'm always here for anybody. And obviously, if you have questions about mindset, that that's my jam. I could talk about it forever. So, <laughs> oh, Fantastic. And now I always like to ask one final question for my podcast guests, which is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Ooh, okay. That's a loaded question. I could probably talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> the main one, 
is that I wish I knew is that a bad day is only 24 hours. Hmm. Um, I, I needed to, I wish I had known that earlier because entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. It is up and down and high and low, and you never know exactly what to expect. Um, but reminding myself that a bad day is only 24 hours is something that has been insanely helpful to me throughout the journey. Oh my, I love it. It's just, I was just writing it down on my notes because I was like, oh, this is a great podcast topic, right? So it, it what a great way to reframe, you know, that a bad day is only 24 hours. Because as you said, the entrepreneur journey is crazy as fuck, let's be honest, oh right? God, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you never know on any given day what's going to happen. As you know, at time of recording, we were recording at a, <laughs> uh, today at 7 a.m. I've got a dog who was up all night, needed to go to the vet. I've got two kids with head lice. We haven't slept. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of feeling. But again, a bad day is only 24 hours. Or if you kind of strip that back is, again, I can also look at that as, you know, taking a moment and reset before I carry on with the day too, right? Like there's always so much choice we have, ladies and gentlemen, right? If we choose to look at things as choice and opportunity. So thank you again. And before we sign off, please remember that my team and I will also be together, putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au where we'll make sure that we include all of those links that Megan had talked about earlier, her Instagram, her website, etc. And again, thank you again, Megan, for I know you're going into nighttime over in Florida. So thank you so much for making time to come onto the podcast today. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your knowledge. And for you amazing human who are listening to this podcast right now, I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Have a great day, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au